What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Smoking Tire Podcast. Today's episode is recorded in the car. Zach and I are driving back from the uh, Ford Mustang Dark Horse shoot, and we talk a little more in-depth about that car. Also, should the GT350 have come with a dual clutch and the GT500 with a stick? We talk about the heavy SUV write-off law a little more, uh, whether Ford could sell a Safari Mustang, how the Dark Horse performs versus the Camaro 1LE, and a little bit on the new Toyota Prius Prime, which Zach is driving this week, plus a whole Whole bunch of that good Q and A stuff. It's a crew show from traffic in the Ford Mustang Dark Horse. Welcome to the Smoking Tire Podcast. Okay. Hey y'all. Uh, in car, in car podcast. Mustang Dark Horse. Uh, we are driving up and over the hill. Should we take it out of track mode yeah. and put it? Yeah, in let's make it in mode? quieter mode. So on the steering wheel, yeah, use right. the up the up arrow there, and then we'll just go to. Gray font on a gray normal, switch is not a normal that mode. easy to see. Yeah. Um, so this is the this is the dark horse. We have just finished producing our car review video of the dark horse, which will be up on the the regular channel. So go go check that out. And uh, we're gonna drive to breakfast. At which point we will break for ads, and then we will drive home. It's gonna be like one of those things. Uh, this is Sand Canyon Road, one of our uh, favorite haunts for filming sort of uh, medium speed. Me- I mean, this is yeah. a fast car, but like medium fast, not like supercars, but like we did the, M- the two series BMWs here. I think we did the Macan GTS here. It's You're um, rarely into third gear for more than half a second or two seconds. It, it's really good though for agility testing. And if yeah. a car is going to feel heavy, it'll feel heavy here. And if they hide the weight like they did pretty well in this car, uh, it'll work here. Yeah. Um, so far, I mean, there, there's really like a lot to like about this car. Like, really, almost everything except the steering feel, which is none. The weight which is a little too high although they mask it very well and the size which is a little too big how much bigger is this than the last mustang i mean that's got to be inches right it's, it's small it's a small amount bigger it's not a huge amount bigger it's the same chassis basically. yeah no it's not it's not that it's much bigger the last mustang was a big car too yeah I and mean, that's that's why i like i like fox bodies because they were the smallest mustang i mean look at a fox body it's like it's it's like the size of it's it fits in it's the like trunk a one series bmw size definitely smaller um and so that's why i really like those cars because they sound like muscle cars and feel like muscle cars but they're little yeah this is very big I mean, we have a lot of space between us and i mean i said this in the video but the, the amount of space from the front of the engine block to the front bumper right is the length of my arm. It's several feet, which is great for weight distribution and the weight balance of the car, but you know, it explains why everything looks super long and super wide now. And I mean, these doors are really thick, partly for safety and sound deadening, but it just everything is just, everything's too big these days. Yeah. I feel like I made- Sandwiches are too big. <laughs> the sandwiches are, the sandwiches are huge. Who needs a foot of sandwich? It's, it's are you telling me? When I was a kid, long? the sandwich fit in your pocket. I think I tried to change a setting and I should While recording? Have. Yeah, no, I mean, it's we're still recording, but I, I I, don't know. I didn't like the shape of the thing, and I was like, maybe I should change it. But then I was like, you know what? I shouldn't change it. Because the whole point, we got a new audio recorder, which I first used in the Aston Martin video uh, at the track in Vegas. And, like, the whole point of the new audio recorder is that this it's got some new technology that, in theory... You won't blow, you cannot blow out. You can't overpower it and, and blow it out. And so I tried to like mess with the setting to make the lines look a little smaller. But then I was like, you know what? Maybe don't do that. Maybe yeah. Just leave it. If it has auto limiting and compression, don't do that because then the audio level will change five minutes in. Yeah. Well, it, 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 my mic will be different for about 15 seconds. Okay. So just, just so you know, you're not hearing things. I changed the setting for 15 seconds and then changed it back. So here this road gets a little crappy. Yeah. The tarmac gets a little crappy. And 
And although this car has, the, with the magnetic shocks, even with the handling pack and the stiffer springs, and it, it rides well, but it gets a little tugged around by the imperfections of the road because it's got serious negative camber and 305 front tires. A lot of front tire. It's a lot. It doesn't, I think this road doesn't have the dishing to it or, you know, like when semi-trucks wear the road down. Yeah, yeah. If, it would probably move around a lot on that. This has cracks that run perpendicular to our direction. Yeah. So it gets a little bit noisy. At Performance Car of the Year, it was really good on the track and it was really good when the road was good. But my shift to drive this car, you know, you, you, you rotate through the cars yeah. as every half hour or so. And I ended up driving this car on the bumpiest fucking road, and it was it was rough. It really beat me up. And then my next shift uh, was in the Storato, the Lambo Storato, oh, yeah. on the same bumpy road. And I was like, oh god, this is amazing. It just like, floated over oh, everything. Oh, so great, man. There, there is like, Ooh. there's like no better car for a bumpy road than a Storato. It's even better than a Dakar. It's too bad. I mean, they're limited run of Strata, right? There's never going to be a second press launch for that car, will there? Uh, that's so funny because Jamie Morrow texted me, the factory Bugatti Lamborghini driver. He he uh, he was appeared in the video that we did with the Shiro Pure Sport. Oh, yeah. That's Jamie Morrow, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm going to be in LA because they're doing a second launch of this Dorado." Whoa. Uh, but they're doing it not at Chuckwalla again. I think he, did he say Johnson Valley? Where, I'm gonna, Whoa, that'd be I'm gonna cool. I'm going to blow up. Hang on. I'm going to look in my text Jeez. messages from last night. Johnson Valley. Where are Valley. they doing it? Uh, Which? Probably one of the dry lakes up by Barstow. Oh, okay. Said. Dry lake, yeah. Because yeah. Johnson Valley, I mean, I was there for the ZR2 launch, which go watch that video if you want to watch me <laughs> crap my pants with an engineer in the passenger seat. Uh there's the lake bed spot, and then after that, it's just bumpy everywhere. Yeah. And so, I mean, Serato would be awesome out there in the right, on the right lake bed, though. Yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah, well, I mean, they'll probably make some kind of a track yeah. on the dry lake bed that you can just rip, you know, super hard. You there don't would, need a Serato to drive on a dry lake bed. You could drift anything. You could, but it won't bed, sound as good, and it won't true. be as fun. Yeah. But I hope I didn't just blow up uh, Lamborghini's spot by saying that. But if I did, I'm sorry. But someone's going to get to drive a Storato again. There were a lot of toy haulers coming out of Johnson Valley on uh, oh, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah, oh, like dude. I was in bumper to bumper with a lot of them. When I was some in, fun stuff. In, uh, in you know, in Tennessee, UTVs are street legal. <laughs> so there's people, you know, there's, there's fools just like rolling around pigeon forage in their UTV, like in traffic. It's not just using it as a car. Comfortable though. No, I mean, we weird. drove one. It rides nice, but it's kind. It's loud. There's if there's a bee problem near you, you're gonna experience <laughs> it. Well, it was cold and raining. But oh, like, when you were there in Pigeon yeah. Forge, oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, it was cold. It's not good. Not ideal. No. But I think there's a buy thing. I think it's a popular spot to like RV camp. So people take their RV and tow their UTV. The UTV is the tender. Than, yeah, like rather than towing a car and they just use it to get into town. Or that whatever. makes sense. And, yeah. if, and if you had to drive around town there and your choices were your super duty toy tow vehicle yeah, or a and UTV. the UTV, UTV yeah. is easier to park. Totally. Totally. This thing, I mean, right, Woo! this little section here where the road gets tight, this car feels enormous. Yeah, it fills the road. It's yeah. really wide. It's just a big car. Yeah. And that's, it's like, same thing as, it was the same with the last gen Mustang. Like, I feel like they, they put the body on and then like stick an air pump in it and go, and like blow it up, you know, compared to a Porsche or a, a I mean, a Miata is a bad comparison because it's such a small little roadster, but like other cars where they try to shrink the body around the powertrain of someone hit the wall right there well some of that i mean because the 911's gotten a lot bigger it, it's significantly wider with 992 than 991 yeah. but i think the sight lines is where even if a car is bigger if you can make it if you can improve the sight lines it doesn't feel as big whereas this we, sure it's just it's like this vast plateau until the, the the front bumper drops off dude the hood i don't none of the 2024 gts i don't really like the view across the hood it's just a big, flat expanse of hood. True. It's very, very flat. I like the profile view. I think yeah. they did a nice job with the updated lights on this. There are a lot of people 
in my Instagram comments that do not like how this car looks. Hmm. I think why? I don't know. They don't like the little eye shadow on the on the bumper under the headlights. That black accent piece. Oh, which is specific to the dark horse, I think. That's the Gronkowski. That's the raw. That's the the, on the eyeliner. The football players. They oh. Have the war paint on the right. What is that supposed to do? Is that supposed to draw light away from your eyes? I think, yeah, it's supposed to reflect light away or something like that. I've never thought my own cheeks were a problem. Well, why wouldn't came. you just put glitter? Because that would reflect it more. That would be... I mean, yeah, they should have black <laughs> glitter and really, really fashion it up. Um, I've never thought about... I mean, I've, I thought they did it to look tough. I'm sure it has some kind of function, but is it possible to draw light, to bend light with a bit of black paint? I think you can only bend light with mass, although technically any mass would bend light slightly, but like a black hole is needed, so I don't think it does that. I don't think those but are black holes. We'd have to look it up. This is a cool little section here. It's a nice rhythm section. Yeah. And, and I mean, we talked about it in the video, like, if you, yeah. I don't want to review the car again, because we, we just did it, so go watch the video. But this is a very fun road. But this road is, is this side of this road is great for small cars, for minis, for Miatas. Like uh, FRSs. The FRS really, was really great good here. Mustang is definitely too big for to, to take advantage of this road. There's other roads that you can use it on just fine. But I like that it's roomy. I mean, I, and I said it in the video, but I like that it, if you're going to do digital dash, at least the Mustang, possibly better than any other car I've been in, takes advantage of that medium. Meaning... You can configure it how you want it to look. You can show the gauges and information that you want to show in a straightforward way. You can choose five different gauge clusters that fit your sight lines and, and your vibe, you know, however you want. Um, you can really configure it in a way that, that works for you. I don't know how well it's going to hold up over time, but... Um, I wonder if we'll ever get to a phase. This is regular mode. How about quiet? Is there a quiet mode? That's quiet mode now. Oh, nice. I wonder if we'll get to a phase where we, the owner, could move gauges around or shrink them, expand them. Yeah. And it can still send the information. You know, the screen would be so dynamic and adjustable. I mean, that, that would be cool because one of the problems I have with some of these digital gauge clusters, particularly um, the new Cayenne that I just drove in Tennessee... Mm -hmm. Uh, when I put the steering wheel where I want it, it blocks the top half of the gauges. And because it's no longer, you know, when it was a full a full needle, I could, my, my brain could put together, when if I only saw the, the inner half of the needle, my brain could put together where it was pointed. But with the digital gauge, it only shows the, the rim. And so if the steering wheel blocks it, I can't see anything. Wait, oh, on that one, so it's just, is the little... The tick is moving around the outside yes. of the rim? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's not good. So I, I would like for there to be different... Yeah, like exactly like you said. If I could click and drag this gauge yeah. to where I could see it the best. I, I remember with the, I think the Hummer EV, the, um, the speed limit indicator of like, you know, what's the yeah. speed limit where you are was not only the smallest thing, on the giant, giant screen, but it was placed behind the steering wheel. And, you know, it's just stuff like that where you could customize the layout for your height and everything. Yeah. And that way... That's funny. I thought you were about to tell me something that the Hummer did well, and then it was like, no, no, you were telling me something the Hummer was bad at. Uh, <laughs> I guess it offered well, but I didn't get to drive it, which was stupid. Um, yeah. It's very fast. It's very fast. It's, it accelerates fast. It, it uses lithium yeah. really well. Yeah. Astronomical uh, rate. It actually, that thing handled in canyon roads so much better than basically any pickup truck I've driven because of the rear steer. Yeah. It was alarming how quick you could go and how, how composed something so big felt. Yeah. Well, rear steer works. I mean, it, it just works. Every time we come down this side of the mountain, I remember how good the lower half And we, we always forget we to always film forget down here. We always forget to film here. I think we did some of the M2 BMW down here. Yeah. Well... Well, the upper part was tighter, which is kind of a good test for this, the handling of this car. This is just faster. Yeah, this is fast, fast sweepers. Um, we also 
Zach got the Prius for this week, and I'm, I've been really excited to get the Prius. I'm driving it on vacation next week, although by the time you hear this podcast, I'll probably be down there driving it. Um, you'll probably see Instagram photos of a Prius in Miami. Uh, but, but I drove it up here this morning because Zach needed some dark horse seat time. Man, that thing is pretty sweet. It really <laughs> I'm is. Kind of into it. It really is. It rides really good, right? It does. It has a better ride than my Ford. Yeah, it's true. Uh, it has it has good seats. I like that it has like a tiny little steering wheel. The steering wheel's so small. The steering wheel's real when little. When I, I got in it after this, and I went, "Wait, what? It's so. It's got to be an inch or two. It's got like a Cheech and Chong's tiny steering wheel. It, it totally. It feels so strange when you get out of a like a car like this. And yeah. Thing. Yeah. And also, it's got so many buttons. Real buttons. A lot of buttons. Climate yeah. control, real buttons. Seat the, heaters, the drive coolers. modes, the seat heated and cooled. Um, I'm kind of stoked on that Prius. It has the uh, rear view screen, not just a mirror, because the rear visibility in that is not as good as, what was it, the first Prius that had yeah. the really big glass hatch? Yeah. And now it's a really long car, so you kind of have that turret view out the back, but then you flip the thing and it's like the. I didn't like, realize G- it had the camera. Yeah, it's like I, GM's I, tech. It's you had the camera. Left it set to. Uh, mirror and so I thought that was just a mirror yeah uh, I didn't notice it was until I tried to adjust it and I went oh yeah I discovered it camera it's it's really nice yeah quiet inside and it like it you know it doesn't have a ton of power but it's it's enough for enough for every day for sure for a normal car yeah. and it's I think in the zero to sixty they shaved like a second and a half from I think the it's last like one in the sevens yeah yeah well, the last one was like totally nine fine. totally fine um it did run out of battery before we got to this road. So when I was going following you up the hill, the engine was working as yeah. hard as it could possibly work, yeah. plus overtime. And it was just... And it was not fast accelerating uphill. But as a car to get around in... Well, and also, that's good. a pretty unique situation where we're driving it 45 miles away from home and then up a mountain. You know, most days... Because that's a prime... So most days, I'm gonna, I, we, we would start with a full charge, right? And and you know you could if you were driving up a mountain, it has charge hold mode, which I didn't really use. So like you could you could get on the highway if you were going far and put it in battery hold mode, and it will keep that charge, right? And then you could you gotta like like you don't have to think as much as if you were as if you were uh, having to plan for public EV chargers. That's a whole different thing. But if you want to, like, optimize how it drives for different situations, you do have to think a little bit ahead. But the great thing is if you if you don't think ahead, you just put gas in it. You know, yeah, yeah, you nice could thing. also just do that. Like, if you, if you mess up and you forget about it, it'll still work. Yeah. Um, and the thing has, the range, total range is like 600 miles. It's some <laughs> ridiculous number. Yeah, I'm into it, man. I've been singing the praises of plug-in hybrids to anyone who will ask. And then in the last week, two different people have been shopping for cars, and they're like, "Yeah, I was thinking about EV, but what's the deal with the hybrid?" And you just, you just explain the merit, and they go, "Oh, yeah, that makes sense." Yeah. <laughs> the uh, there's, this is the California Polo Club we're passing. If you ever thought that that was a thing in California, that people still play polo. Apparently, they do. I'd like to watch some polo, maybe. Yeah, time. I've actually. That's. A th- I've never seen one. I've never seen a match, even yeah. on YouTube. I'd like to. I think I'd like to watch some polo. It seems like it could be kind of exciting. That seems like a hard activity. Like the horse is oh, moving yeah. up and down, and you got to swing the mallet and hit it. And the mallet's not very big. It's like yeah, it's, it's croquet, croquet on a, during an earthquake. Yeah. yeah, that's just that's crazy stuff. Um, but what we are going to do is. Uh, we're actually going to stop here at the bottom of this mountain, have us some breakfast, and you guys are going to listen to an ad that I'm going to read for 60 seconds. That's how we pay for doing this show. Uh, and then we're going to come back, and uh, we're going to do Patreon questions, and we're going to do some more Smoke and Tire podcast. So you hang on just a moment. We'll be back. It'll be 20 minutes our time, but only one minute your time. Guys, we got to take a little break from the content right now for today's sponsors, Factor. 
You know about Factor. I talk about Factor all the time. One of the hardest parts of my day is planning meals. Maybe you feel the same way. The holiday season is coming. It's super busy, and you're looking for nutritious, flavorful meals to fuel you on those jam-packed days. For me, it's about a morning shoot, driving back, and having to get back to work, not making time for those meals. But maybe you can relate in one way or another. That's why I love Factor. You can forget about meal prepping, forget about shopping, forget about fast food, and get Factor's fresh, never frozen meals delivered directly to your door. They're ready in just two minutes. All you have to do is heat and enjoy. You can treat yourself to high quality, delicious meals over the holidays. Choose from 35 or more craft chef, crafted meals every week that support a healthy, healthy lifestyle and meet your meal preferences, whether it's calorie smart, vegan and veggie, protein plus, or more wholesome options. This December, you can get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Just choose those meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered directly to your door. They're ready in just two minutes. No prep, no mess. I love their pastas. I love their meats. The vegetables are good. Even when you microwave them, the vegetables still retain some of that crunch. They don't get super mushy. It's a great, quick, healthy option that can keep you eating on schedule without getting those hunger pangs or making bad decisions. Head over to factormeals.com slash tire50 and use code tire50 to get 50% off. I know it can be a little confusing, but you got to use that tire50 at factormeals.com slash tire50 to get 50% off. We're also brought to you today by Game Time. You guys know about Game Time. You've heard me talk about it a whole bunch. It is the best place to get stress-free tickets for anything that needs tickets. Your next big event, don't worry, get Game Time. It's the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. They've got killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seats, and the best price guarantee. Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. All you've got to do is head to that Game Time app, right, Search for the events you want, and then you can use the seat map and the view from your seat to see how those seats are going to be. The price has got a lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, and job loss protection, so you can get those tickets worry-free. And they've got tickets right up to the start of the event, even up to an hour after the event starts. It's the best place to find last-minute seats. There's exclusive flash deals. Uh, there's sponsored deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, etc. There's zone deals where you pick the section and game time can pick the seats for big-time savings if you're flexible uh, on that. You're factoring in your price versus picking the exact chair in the stadium. And that game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Just download the game time app and create an account. Use code SMOKINGTIRE, S-M-O-K-I-N-G-T-I-R, for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, just create an account and redeem code SMOKINGTIRE, S-M-O-K-I-N-G-T-I-R-E, for 20 bucks off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. And now, back to the show. Well, people, hope you enjoyed those ads. We enjoyed our breakfast at the Ranch Side Cafe in Pacoima. We've been eating at this restaurant for, what, four years now? I mean, a long time, right, Zach? Yeah, right. And, there we go, right inside the cafe. And uh, I think it's Pacoima. It's on Osborne. And uh, for the first time ever, we've, we've had the same waitress. She, they're lovely. It's, it's, like a, it's like a little diner, but they also have Mexican and, uh, interestingly, Ethiopian food. Ethiopian food. So good. Which is super interesting. Um... And she, the lady comes out. She goes, I just realized you guys are like the car people, right? You guys do the car stuff. And I was like, this this is not our demo. <laughs> uh, but as it turns out, it is. Will you just put your address in there so that I uh, know the traffic situation? Oh, yes. Dark horsing. 
like uh, it's not a burble tune with this car, but it does that one single crack when you change gear. I like that a lot. I like that the different modes are just called normal, sport, and track, not gallop. Oh, you like know, my dump car? Yeah. Jockey kick, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Jockey kick. Uh, yeah, they're not called like. <laughs> they're not called beat your wife, beat your horse, kill your horse. Yeah. You know, uh, unbridled. Unbridled, and then there would be. So you know they cheating for it. the derby, and then there would be horse. You know, horse they changed. Steroids. Yeah, horse steroids. Um, you know they they dropped the D. They went from unbridled to just unbridled. Like oh. they made it. Like mm. the car has, they, they went from a passive to active. Shouldn't it be unbridling? I, I don't know. But like it's you're unbridled, unbr- like you hit it to, right. to free your stallioning. Mm. So now yeah. the now the car is free, not freed. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That was like. What an, who, I don't update. know who spent time thinking about that and then pushing it through the over the air update, but. One day I went outside and our car was unbridled. Someone who works in that office but has a grammar degree also. Right. Like, well, guess what, Ted? Now you have to make the programming change. Like, right. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I am, I, in general, I am a fan of the existence, the idea of this car. Totally. You know, like... Mustang is overall a great car. Yeah. I mean, the good ones are good. Sorry, I didn't cut you off. No, no, no. Go ahead. That's just... It's been a good foundation for a while. The Coyote engine is a great power plant. Yeah. And they just, you know, little improvements, little refinements. They did a good job. Where? Oh, Burbank Airport. What? Are we still in normal mode? I think we are. Are we still in normal? This Camaro's really... We're in... uh, Camaro really wanted something there. V6 Camaro. Nobody drives faster than somebody who couldn't afford the big engine. Yes. Right? Small engine version of the of the pony car, they're mobbing everywhere. Well, because they have to stay flat for so long. <laughs> I mean, and, and the V6 had 300 horsepower. Not bad, but the cars are really heavy. Yeah. So 300 horsepower is not what it used to be. Oh, look how many lives matter on the back of that Toyota. Well... Not enough of them. (laughs) (laughs) Two specific lives matter. There's one type of life that doesn't matter on the back of that car. On that car. Uh, Oh, man, you should have seen how many and how few lives mattered in Tennessee. (laughs) Very specific types of each. Do we know what the green one is? Is that Earth matters? No, I think it would be military, maybe. Oh, probably. I don't know. Let me look. Right. Uh, Military lives probably matter. That's that's a nice looking M3 there until you get to the front, back side profile that, not bad. That G series M3 looks great until you get to the front. What do you think our our traffic situation today looks like? 45 minutes, 20 20 miles. So that's about normal. That's a standard traffic. We'll hit it going over the hill. But uh, does the Patreon have anything to offer us in this particular? podcast? Yes, we have about 15 questions. Um, Are they all about hunting iguanas in Florida? Because that's what I'm doing next week. Um, only seven of them are. Okay. I'll let, hey, One is from an wanna, iguana. What do you want to do? For, <laughs> I plan on whipping the iguanas from horseback. That's how, it's like polo. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, Prashant says bouncy. Can see, well, he's also wrong. That's a bucking Bronco. He's Pre- also wrong. Well, Prashant says, considering we are in the third generation of the Coyote motor, we're in the fourth, actually, with this car, do you think Ford has created the perfect V8 for the Mustang? The perfect V8 for the Mustang. Well, it's a... F- I would say that if they had created... If they had managed to build a flat-plane engine that could hold itself together a little better than the one they did build... That might have been the perfect V8 engine for the Mustang. I think if, if, if it was... And we're in dreamland now, so Ford, don't get too upset. If the engine could be physically smaller, because it's a pretty big engine. Yeah. So that's why it hasn't been swapped as much as the LS engine. If it was physically a smaller engine, then maybe the car could be a little bit smaller, or you could just put it in other cars. Right. Because I like the power... Tra- I like the power band, and it's a really reliable engine. It takes boost really well. It is a, it's a really nice engine. It's nice to use. 
it feels refined, it feels powerful, um, it's, it's, it's known for durable durability, like Zach said, it can take boost. Uh, our friend Matt D'Andrea, Motorator Matt, yep. uh, he has a Mach 1 that has a prototype set, I don't remember the company, but it is a carb legal twin turbo kit. Ooh, that whoa. is making like 680 at the wheels. And, and it's stock carb, bottom end? Carb Do you know? Yeah, I don't know. Well, because we, we've driven cars, probably, like the I Roush cars, probably. and I drove that Roush truck. They all had stock bottom end and pushing 650 horsepower. Yeah. And this has uh, upgraded con rods and a different cam and stuff, so it might take boost even more. Yeah. Maybe even better. Oh, we're going to go. Perfect. Perfect. I was going to say, I was waiting for an opening for the carpool lane because we were coming up on some traffic. We want to be... Okay, so here's where this comes into play. For those of you watching the video version, my driver's side wheels are on one type of concrete. My passenger side wheels are on another type of concrete. And that's sort of dragging the front end around a little bit as they have sort of different levels of adhesion. Yeah. Well, also the squiggle little... The lines yeah. on the concrete. My car does that um, on the I-10. And my car is running, I think, 2.3 degrees of negative camber. Uh -huh. Kind of aggressive, but I like it. So... That, that contributes to that. Woo. They have, I mean, Ford has done a very nice job with the programming of the magnetic shocks on this. These are really, really good. Yes, they are very good. They have a, lot, a, a, a wide breadth of sensation. Like, they're really cushy in normal mode. Right. And when you put it in track on the hill, it got real stiff. Yeah, it did. Um, Tim A. says, when you reviewed the GT500, you mentioned how the DCT transformed the Mustang into a higher class of performance vehicles. I did say that. How would the Tremec DCT pair with the NA V8 Mustang? Because you, you can get this with a 10-speed auto, yeah. but not the DCT. You've know, never driven one. I've never driven an automatic Mustang, an automatic V8-powered Mustang. Like, I don't know if I've, literally, I don't know if I've ever driven an automatic V8-powered Mustang. That's a good point. They always give us the Of manual. any generation. Right. I, I've definitely never driven an automatic Fox body. Oh, I might have I might have at one point driven an automatic like SN95 maybe in high school cuz I this this girl I went to high school with had a convertible uh, that uh, that was actually really nice that she really liked. Uh, Wait, but, were the Hertz Mustangs? We we had one auto. for a drive one. Those were auto, right? Auto. We had one in 2016. Yeah. Uh, but I I don't think I've ever driven an automatic Mustang literally since high school. I mean, except the GT500. That's the only one. But but I remember saying also in that video about the GT500, what, what that, what that uh, patron said is correct. I do think the, the dual clutch does transform the car into a, a higher class of, of vehicle. But I also thought it would be really interesting if... There was a GT350 with that dual clutch, and then a yeah. GT500 with the manual also. Like, if you could Ooh. get both with both gearboxes, I actually think a, a 350R with that dual clutch would be extremely rad. Yeah, because then you have the special engine yeah. and special transmission. But I'm not sure the DCT has the capability to handle the revs of the GT350. I'm speculating. I don't know. Hmm. Because it's also in the MC20. It's also in the Corvette. Oh, it's in the Z06. Yeah, that revs to what? It's set up as a transaxle in the Z06. But what does it rev to in that? Eight? Uh, I want to say it's eight. I think it's eight. Yeah, I think I think that would... Well, I'm not an engineer, but I bet it would be okay. I think character-wise, if you had the DCT in this, I feel like if you put on two sets of earplugs, would you tell the, could you tell the difference in sensation between the GT350 engine and this engine? If yes. you have the same transmission. You can? Less torque down low? The, the, the 350 engine had like a lighter, a, a freer rev. Okay, rev so quicker. You, you could you could tell a little bit different. Yeah, I mean, you could probably get there by modifying the flywheel, and there's other stuff I'm sure you could do to get that. But I think it did have a slightly different feel on top of just the different sound. I, I think if they put a DCT in this, it would be popular... But now automatics have gotten so good that it's not as necessary as it used to be. Like, the people that want to be able to paddle shift and, 
and, and want quick enough downshifts and fast upshifts, you can get that with automatics yeah. now. So it wouldn't make as big a difference as it would have like five years ago, maybe yeah. eight years ago. But for the kind of money they want for the 500, it makes sense to have a, a an upgraded gearbox. Yeah. You know, and have, a, have it be a little more special. Yeah. And I do like that car a lot. But how interesting is it, sidebar, about this dark horse, how many manufacturers do you know that don't just offer a manual, but that offer two different manuals? Oh, in the same in platform. The same, in the same platform. The only one I can think of is Porsche, and that's because they use the old six-speed for the GT3. And then the seven-speed. the seven-speed for the Carreras. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, and those cars are way more expensive than this, but, like, I don't think there's any other cars... That's a, that was a kit. <laughs> Went by the other way. That was a, uh, a kit Firebird. Like a Knight Rider. Oh, float, boy. Which yeah. just oh. went by the other way. It was I a wonder kit if car. that one is still floating around on Turo. Guys, we got to take one more break from the action for prize picks. What is prize picks? You should know by now. I talk about it every week. It's the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros, sharks, you pick more than or less than on two through six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in, right? Prize picks projects the stats. You choose two to six players, and then you pick more or less. That's it. With the basketball seasons here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James and Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three points made and receptions. If you want to play alongside some of Prize Picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz, you can now find community plays under the Promos tab of the app to view entries for some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community each week. Prize Picks even does a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second half, that player is rebooted. Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. So go to prizepicks.com slash tire and use code tire for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash tire and use code tire for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. And lastly, one of my favorite sponsors ever, Straight Up Meat. Omaha Steaks, tis the season to send that meat, baby. Buy it for yourself, buy it for someone else, buy it for someone you love, buy it from someone, buy it for someone who's going to cook it for you. I love Omaha Steaks. It's delicious, it's fresh, uh, it's, it, it, you thaw it and you cook it, you're good to go. The quality, convenience, everything you need to deliver an unforgettable holiday gift experience this holiday season. Man, let Omaha Steaks take the guesswork out of gifting. Shop these carefully curated gift packages guaranteed to make spirits bright all winter long. We've got a huge sale going on at Omaha Steaks. So go to omahasteaks.com, right? Use promo code TIRE. Take, get extra $30 off your purchase and take advantage of 50% off site-wide. Right When you use promo code TIRE, an additional 30% off. Send tender, juicy, butcher-cut filet mignons, mouth-watering burgers, gourmet jumbo franks, even easy to prepare complete meals, even desserts, chickens, you name it. If it's meat or tasty, Omaha Steaks has got it. They're ready to ship your order right away, so shop early and beat out the shipping rush. Go to omahasteaks.com, use promo code TIRE, take advantage of that 50% off site-wide and an extra 30 bucks off. Omaha Steaks, it's a gift from the heart and a gift that will be remembered every unforgettable bite. Order with complete confidence today, knowing you're ordering the very best. A minimum order may be required, but go to omahasteaks.com, get 50% off site-wide, plus promo code TIRE at checkout to get that extra $30 off your order. And now, back to the show. 
little Maserati uh, MC uh, just went by, uh, the Gran Turismo MC. Saw a Ghibli on the way up this morning, which I was surprised to see. Just a, a current Ghibli? Yeah, like, just surprised to see you, it out and about. Oh, they're out. There's a little 65 Mustang on the good. other way, too. Um, but I, I, yeah, all right. Okay. What else we got? Um, uh, Thomas Wilkes, uh, it's about time to replace my wife's piece of crap Tucson. Should he get a CRV, a CX-50, Mazda, or the RAV4? He's buying new, mid-level trim, doesn't need all-wheel drive, uh, has a kid, hour-long commute. To me, all of those cars are 100% interchangeable. I agree. it's, It's not like... Like, they're all just like, they're all fine. They'll all do the, the, they'll all do the same job. Like, that, that would literally come down to like, I like the buttons on this one, or I like the, right? Like, yeah. what, what does any one of those cars do differently than the others? I think the Mazda looks better on the outside, but otherwise, yes. Do you, if you can get in all of them and interact with the screens, because that will really be the decider. And maybe yeah. if you're going to own it for a long time, you could look up consumer reports and see if there's any kind of difference there. Although Honda and Toyota, like both of those should last forever. But that's a good point. You should get in and hit the buttons. That, that's the that's a perfect scenario. Like those cars are fundamentally interchangeable yep. in, in the ways that like we could help you with. Like, and having said that, I've basically only been like passengers and Ubers in those. And we drove the RAV4 TRD for the... For the, um, the right, what do for, you call it? Uh, or eBay, the thing. eBay, right. eBay thing. But other than that, like they offer a similar amount of features, a similar level of fuel efficiency, similar dynamics. It's it's there's but there's little stuff like, you know, when I if I if I love a car like when I brought the EV6 home, uh, GT, and I was like Hannah's gonna love this car. She's gonna want this, and then she like looked at a couple of the buttons and she was like no no absolutely not these, I don't like these buttons and I was like alright well that, that's the decider there so, yeah true so like those three cars you just described are available at dealers so just go to the dealer sit in them and play with them and and make sure that you stay convicted to going to testing the other ones yeah because if you're like alright I want to go sit in the Honda down the street they're going to be like wait 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 how about another donut yeah. you know yeah all right, uh, Gunner Ray, non Mustang question: If you had carte blanche, full access for twenty four hours to any racetrack to shoot video content, what track would you both pick? Um, and oh, and Nurburgring and Isle of Man are removed because they seem too obvious. Well, twenty four hours, it's got to be something with lights, right? Because otherwise, half of your Half of your, you, this person just did something very illegal right in front of us on camera. You're not allowed to cross that line. Whoop, whoop. And it's a $350 fine. Um, and this video is evidence that it happened. Uh, it's got to be something with lights. Otherwise, you know, the nighttime portion of your day is not nearly as useful, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, where do they do 24 hour races? Like, honestly, I think Daytona. Daytona International Speedway because you could use the infield for sliding right Mm -hmm. and you could go super super fast on the banking if you had rented the track you don't need to run the bus stop so you could run a full NASCAR configuration if you wanted to do that you could run a full infield configuration if you wanted to do that true I would say Daytona that would be that would be my choice I think uh, I'd go with something like or and I would do it in the summer because I, I think I think it'd be fun to have a little bit of nighttime. Yeah. And you do nighttime photography and video, um, and you could play with the lights and the taillights and stuff like that. So I'd want a little bit of night, like five hours of it, but then the daytime, the rest would be daytime and, and some a track like that with a great surface. I just I've never watched the twelve hours of, or the twenty four hours of is it twenty four hours of spa or twelve hours of spa? Uh, I think twelve. I've never watched the endurance race. Do they do they have lights at spa? Uh, some I don't know. Por- some portions of it maybe. I want to look up Koenigsegg posted a track name today I've never heard of I want to see if you've heard about it Gotland Ring No Is 7.3 kilometers long One of the longer tracks in Europe And has a number of jumps and undulations Similar to the challenges like the Nürburgring What's it called? Gotland Ring? Gotland Ring Oh, I've never heard of that. So I, I want to. I almost want to throw that in as my answer, which is recency bias, but because I've never driven it. But maybe it's terrible. 
but they I did. They went really Volvo fast. I drove with Volvo in Sweden, a track that was like a crazy ass roller coaster. Bilsterberg, uh, in Germany. Bilsterberg is Germany. Yeah, it was sort of like that. Um, it was called fuck. What was it called? Uh, oh, see, Gotland Ring I is in remember. Sweden, so you could yeah, go yeah. there in July. It would never get dark. That's true. Yeah, that's loophole. True. What um, is that track in fucking Sweden? I drove with Volvo. Oh, it was cool as shit. But remember it as soon as we stop recording. Guaranteed. Ooh, this has some cool shape to it. Okay. Um, Dave Cucci. Uh, let's see, regular AYG question. Okay, uh, do we have air fresheners in our car? And no. how do we feel about luxury cars that have the built-in scent? Is it classy or rich trash? I think it's rich trash. I think it's rich trash. I've never... Um, when Did you... When you went on the uh, the S class uh, drive, yep. was, it, was it scent? Was yes. it spa airing? Yeah. How did it smell? Well, it smells nice, but it I don't always want that smell. And I know well, you, you can, can turn, turn it, off. it off, but it, and you it's op- you open the glove box and they have those canisters you can yeah. put in. I just think if the car smells clean, that's all I want. I don't need it to smell like I don't need it to have its own cologne. Yeah, I think a car should smell like nothing. Nothing is good. Or like or like leather, worst case. Yeah. You know, like. But, but actually, the smell of the real leather, not leather smell coming out of a machine. Right. When I Oh, here we go. a tracked out Miata with numbers on it. Shout out to number 325, Jack, in the ND. Um, when I used to smoke cigarettes, I would, I would have an air freshener. I'd have one of those little things that looked like a can of dip. And I would put it under my seat. And it had a oh, little, yeah, like, yeah. it had like a dial on the top. Where you could open it like a, you know, a yeah, little bit. Yeah. You'd open it like a quarter of the way. Um, you could adjust the intensity, right? Right, right, right. You know what's crazy? What's fucking nuts is when people buy a, a tree air freshener straight out the bag. Full. They take it. They don't know that you're supposed to open the bag like a centimeter. Well, because they have the strap on it. So you, they, people think you hang it from the mirror. Yeah. I think that's the old tech, right? That, I, I don't. I think the strap is misleading, but you're definitely, if you take an air, an air freshener, a tree one, full out of the bag, holy shit, you're going to fucking knock people. It's like chloroform. Well, it you're depends on what people right maybe, maybe the person has a smell issue or they're transporting Mexican food Fuck. and the car smells a lot. Yeah. I mean, when food I, sticks I, to cars. I used to fucking rock the Ozium back in the day when it was when it was blunt rides. Oh, when we, right. When it was, we were doing what is Ozium? Ozium? Yeah. Ozium is supposed... It's a, it's a spray air freshener, like aerosol, that supposedly... I mean, supposedly absorbs, like, smoke or odors. And so, after you went on an L-ride, you'd fucking do, like, a two, three-second blast in the car, and then you'd seal it up. Oh, okay. And it would, it would make the blunt smell go away. So, you're getting rid of the evidence, like Dexter. You I just... mean, like, it only kind of works. Yeah. There... There's a reason you're not seeing a ton of Ozium today because it was not <laughs> great. But I would say air fresheners in your car in general are extremely trashy. And if you need an air freshener in your car, you probably need to get your car fully detailed and shampooed, and then you won't need an air freshener anymore. That's true. And also maybe check your own self. If your car stinks, it's probably because you stink and you're in your car. Or something on your shoe. Yeah. I mean, there's a bunch of reasons. I mean, there's a bunch of reasons. The thing is, like, the, the air freshener is like 50 cents, and a car detail could be like $500. I understand. Yeah. But if you need the like, if you need the air freshener, the detail is... You could do the detail yourself. That's true. You could rent a shampooing machine and do the detail yourself if you really want to. Um, I think the lesson is that... Cars don't have their own bo. Something has been put in the car, right? <laughs> yeah, a bo has been introduced. Yeah. Did you lower the fan? I need to. I did because like, it, it, it seemed loud, but it is hot. It's hot now. So. Let's just turn the AC way down. We have yeah, a, yeah. low auto fan, but we're using the. It seems like the AC in this car like doesn't get that cold, right? It does feel like that. Like the AC compressor is on, but like it just doesn't feel very cold. I mean, it is. What's it? 72 outside, but we are... It's toasty. Yeah, we have it set to 61. Yeah. Like I feel uh, like it should probably be... Actually, now is, it's... Is the recirc on? Go to recirc. Dual. This guy. Recirc is on. Maybe, that'll, maybe that'll help. I don't know. All right. Uh, Mr. Nailhead says, um, which car collection is better? The Rainbow Sheiks or the Sultan of Brunei's? Oh. I mean... 
I have to say Sultan and Brunei's, even though I like the Rainbow Sheik's vibe a little more. The Rainbow Sheik's shit is almost all off-road, and the stuff mm-hmm. that's on-road is, like, he likes big, classic American cars, which is cool, like, to be in Dubai and rolling around in, like, a Mark III Continental, like, that's pretty dope, like, good for him, but the Sultan, why is the fan, like, off again? I don't know. Um, but the Sultan of Brunei, I mean, as we went through on the Doug show, like, that dude created Bentleys out of, like, thin air. It's true. That don't exist, and that is extremely awesome. And I think the coolest stuff that the Rainbow Sheik has are the cartoonishly large things, yeah. which are rad, and I love the imagination, yeah. but you can't really use it. Whereas, right. you know, the, the Sultan, it's like, he had, what, 40 different Bentleys, of, yeah. and you could drive which, all of them. Yeah, and he, he didn't, but you could He didn't, <laughs> but you could. You could drive a different one every day and throw them away. The best Sultan, you know what the best Sultan of Brunei vehicle is, though, right? It's not even a car. It's his brother Jeffrey's yacht, which was called Tits. Seriously. I believe you. A 200-foot yacht named Tits. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you got to be a fucking... You have to give so few fucks to call your boat... In an Islamic country. Yeah. To call your boat Tits. Talk about a boat your wife will never see. That just... That is bold, and I like it. That's fine. Yeah. Um, If I ever have a yacht, I think think Tits would be a a good name. I'm sure my wife would... She'll love it. ...be all about it. That... We'll know you're, you've gotten divorced if you have that boat. You're like, yeah. fuck it. Uh, Tyler Northcutt says, Is the Dark Horse a better track slash canyon carver than a SS1LE? Ooh. I mean, the 1LE is what... They discontinued Camaro, so it's not really a competitor. When was the last it's one? It's been a while since I drove an SS1LE, but... It's hard. It's the same formula, right? Yeah. So, is what it... Does that car weigh? To say, is it better... It's really, it's really hard to tell. It's varying degrees of the same formula, and on any given day, I think. Actually, I think this is probably faster. But, but, like, uh, if you went to a track day, the better driver would put down the better lap time. I think. Like, and also it has to do with tires. Like, I don't think one LEs came with Trofeo RSs. Tires are a big. I think it came know. with PS4s. Yeah. So if you put a Trofeo RS on that, it would probably have similar levels of grip to this. Yeah. Um, um, the SS one LE, according to these forums, weighs about thirty seven hundred pounds so a with a half lighter. tank of fuel. It's a little lighter, mm-hmm. but it's got a little less power too. Because yeah, like four hundred and thirty horsepower instead of five hundred. It's an LS three, right? Yeah. So it's yeah. it's a little less power. Um, same uh, or similar Tremec gearboxes. Uh, I I probably would prefer the steering. So subjectively. Oh, sorry. SS1 Elite makes 455 horse. 455. Sorry. Um, I think. Uh, I well, it's been so long since I drove one. I just I know that the steering in this is bad. Yeah, it's not it's good. quick, which is, has a lot to do with the alignment and also. Well, the ratio is the same as the other Mustangs. So I think a lot of it is alignment helping the turn in. Right. But uh, the 1LE, I remember having very adjustable steering feel. And in Sport, it was fake heavy, which I didn't like. Well, this, I think is, was, this is as adjustable weight. Right, also. you can adjust the weight in this so too. So I, I, I can hit with. it here. I can go regular, uh, regular, uh, normal, and Sport. So, the, I mean, it probably just removes some of the assistance. Oh, regular, light, and extra light, and then Sport. But even in sport, it just adds the it just increases weight. It yeah. doesn't actually increase feel. Right, that's what the the SS did. I don't know. We have to do back to back, I guess. Yeah, but it. I, I wouldn't. If you're a Mustang guy, get the Mustang. If you're a Camaro guy, get the Camaro. Like I, I'll say again, I think on any given day, same tires, the better driver will be quicker around the track. They're they're very similar formulas. Very close. They both have magnetic shocks. They both have big Brembo brakes. Yeah. This makes 50 more horsepower, but it weighs more. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be close. Yeah. Um, Ted Theologian, uh, any talk of you getting seat time in the Mustang GTD race car? Yeah, probably, yeah. Probably through probably, RT, right? Probably when, when, uh, when one exists. Right now, they only have the, the racing drivers doing development laps. Um, we already answered Kagan's question. Do, 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 do. 
Okay, Stephen Simmons, from the last cruise show, it was great to hear coaster love and correct comparison of Dollywood to Knott's Berry Farm. So what is your favorite roller coaster, and why isn't it Viper at Magic Mountain? I've been on Viper at Magic Mountain. My favorite roller coaster is at Magic Mountain, and it's uh, Tatsu. Oh, yeah. Tatsu is rad. awesome because it has a 240-foot inverted dive. And it, the seats rotate to position you in the that's perfect... That's X2. That's X2? That's X2. I thought Tatsu did that also. X, this, no, uh, Tatsu is a Superman. You're, you oh, fly yeah. like Superman. That was pretty rad. Which is also, also is amazing. If you got to sit in the front. Right. Yeah. Yeah. X, Tatsu, you want to sit in the front. X2 is the one where it's a wing coaster. Where the railing is in the middle and your the seats are out to the side. And they rotisserie you. And they rotisserie you. Which oh, is very SX. cool. Uh, oh, they, yeah. They rotisserie you uh, in a controlled way for optimum sensation. It's so good. So the first drop on X2 is a skydive. But you, and it started us going backwards. Yes. Yeah, and so then you, you rotated you backwards like a backflip into a skydive. Uh, it's a front flip into a skydive. So you go backwards up the hill. I think we went like... The, you, I think we went head first and then it fell. I remember the kid next to me had never been on a real roller coaster. And he that's was terrified. A, that's a first one, yeah. Yeah, he screamed a lot. I laughed. But the first drop is a vertical skydive and then you fly yeah. it out. Yeah, it's which awesome. Which is rad. Um, that's amazing. But I, I feel, I think I like Tatsu a little better because it's Superman and it has huge speed. I think it's faster than X2. And... That inverted dive, it's the only roller coaster I've ever been on. Because most roller coasters, when you go upside down, it's a backflip or, mm-hmm. or a corkscrew. And this has those, but I, it's the only roller coaster I've ever been in where you dive upside down, where you, you go face first into the dive. That's so cool. Which is rad. Um, and uh, that's the, so that's actually my favorite roller coaster. I haven't tried the new one. Remember, at, we got to go to Magic Mountain. We haven't been there in so long. I haven't been in like four years. They that one Colossus, the wooden coaster, it caught fire, and like half of it burned down. And rather than tear down the whole thing, it's got a gap now. He's got to clear the gap jump. jump, like speed. Um, no, they they rebuilt it with steel track, and so it's a hybrid coaster. It's half wood and half steel. So like it turned, it starts as a wood coaster and then becomes a steel coaster. Weird. So it's quieter for half of it because wood, wood's fun because like, yeah, you get yeah, a little yeah. wet, you get you can feel the shake. So they've blended the two, hmm. which is real crazy. So, but I haven't got to try it yet. So I'm I'm kind of excited to go try that. We got to go. We have to see. I mean, it might be too late because in the winter, Six Flags is only open on weekends, oh, starting in November. You got to go weekdays. So you got to go weekdays. So what we have to do is look up the LA school district. When do they get out of school versus when does Six Flags open? So I think it's like in April, end of April, we want to go on a weekday. Uh, maybe 10, 20 MGs and then hit them all. <laughs> Just go like, I think my record was like 20 something coasters in a day. Jesus. Yeah. That hurt my neck. Yeah. I had neck pain after, after doing that. But yeah, X2 is amazing and that's a. That's a totally one that's worth waiting online for, as is uh, Tatsu, which is my favorite. A little problem with your audio there? No, just moving it. Um, okay, Dante Casil says, with the lifted sports car trend, does TST think a Mustang Raptor would be marketable, yes. or is it too late? Nope. Do it. Definitely do it. Would, I, would I think it'd be... Sick? No, I think it'd be super fun, but I wonder if Ford would, would avoid it because it would encroach on Ranger Raptor sales. Like, I think it would be rad. And maybe if they did limited run and it doesn't cost that much for them to develop, that would be the real question. Because the people that have done it, Lamborghini, Porsche, they can charge all the money in the world, make a small batch of it, and they can offset the cost. But for Ford, I feel like they need to sell more of the the special things they make. Uh, That's probably true. It would be awesome. I want to be be on record for saying I would love it. I just don't know if they would do it. Yeah, I, I think it would be awesome and it would be totally doable. And I think there's probably a market for it. I mean, it's it's clear that off-road sports cars are hot right now. A little DBS there. Oh, DB11. DB11. 
that guy was wearing the perfect Hollywood agent suit too, right? With the suspenders, the blue shirt, white collar suspenders. You're going to yell at people? Um, I think they could do it, and I think they could probably make a lot of money. And I think they could charge more than you think. I think they could price it comparably to GT500. Oh, okay. Like 90 grand. Yeah. I think I think it could be expensive. And you you don't need a big engine. You need this. Ferrari you need a, just a, a regular Coyote engine is enough. Yeah, yeah, You don't yeah. need more than that. Yeah. Ooh, that'd be so fun. I was watching footage from uh, Harris went and did like a, a Welsh rally. Yeah. It was a fun one. But the footage uh, that that he reposted about it just looked nice. And it was just rear-wheel drive, two-liter cars making noise. Oh, that's probably fun. Coming yeah. through there with a V8 Mustang would be a good time. Here's what we do. They make... They make the lifted Mustang, and then we get to run it up the Colorado hill climb with Jeff Swart. That sounds like sounds like a quality time right there. Uh, all right, non-Mustang question. Your red New Balance were very cool. Are they custom? Is there a model number? Question mark. Oh, New Balance is fucking killing me, man. They really, they really bit the hand that fed them. Because New Balance. There used to be the New Balance. Oh, my red ones. Those red are my ones. New Balance driving shoes. They are not custom. They're like I think they're they're just like a soccer shoe or a casual shoe or something. Those are what I wear to drive the Ferrari with shoes on. They're like New Balance's version of like a Samba. Oh, okay. So they're, they're small. Yeah, they're just thinner and smaller. Those are not and they're not custom. They're straight up off the rack. Nothing special. I don't remember the number. But there's nothing special about them. But when I my, I used to have the the custom shop New Balances because uh, they would do that. You could design your own. This car just took that yump there so well. That that up and over. Yeah, it settled once. It's that's that was fantastic. How well it just did. I that. think you have to duck out here. Oh, I do. Oh shit. Pretend. I'm going, You're going to your house. Sorry, forgot. <laughs> I uh, was autopiloting to the studio. That's okay. And not to uh, Casa de Zach, which is where we're actually going right now. Um, but then when the pandemic happened and they had to close the New Balance custom shop because they were all handmade, they never reopened it. And then they started offering like extremely dope colored New Balances, like the Action Bronson collab and all these New Balances in great colors, but they won't sell them in widths. Oh, it was like, that's there. You can only get them in standard widths. And so it's like, guys, for 40 years, people with wide bread low fast feet have kept your business alive. You're now cool for six <laughs> months and you're like, oh, fuck these people? Is it possible that they were selling shoes to other people also? No. <laughs> Who was buying New Balances for this whole time except people with wide ass feet? That was like, that was what you could buy. Oh, uh, that's funny. And now I can't get any of the. Uh, the 993s in any color but gray, you know, or like ugly blue, like none of the dope colors in any shoe that they make are available in widths. It drives me nuts. You can get these box shoes. I have these ultras that look like they're uh, from the Volvo collection of yeah, colors. They they're not. That looks like the Aston Martin V12 Vantage it interior actually does. that I have. All right, Flannel Bob says, does the added technology in new Mustangs detract from the original concept and feeling of what a Mustang really is supposed to be, which in his eyes is a beautiful, powerful horse for the roads, raw and unbridled? Uh, he thinks they should stay completely analog, but maybe he's wrong. I mean, I, I just, I, don't, I think the car is still pretty analog other than electric power steering. I mean, there's different drive modes and stuff, but it's still stick shift. Uh, I mean, it's still, it's it can still be a, a fairly raw driving experience if you turn everything off. Totally. And um, the, originally it was just, it was a pony car. It wasn't a sports car. It wasn't a muscle car. It was a, a car you could drive around every day and, and then they eventually made fast ones, but it was never a GT3 RS or a stripped out like focused race car that then bled over into kind of commuter grand touring traffic. So I think it I think it's always been a well-rounded machine and the technology in it helps it be that, but it's not it doesn't dull it down that much. Yeah, and I think I think they sell these to regular people. Not everyone is a hardcore track day enthusiast. I mean, 
we're in the hardcore one, but a Mustang has to be for everybody. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, okay, bro. Pick a lane. What, what, what are we doing? For people here? listening, this guy, the GLE, is this guy is just straight, straddling, straight straddling. Um, you know, the, these cars have to be daily drivers. They have to be, you know, Hertz rentals. They have to be weekend cars. They have to be drag cars. They have to be all kind everything. And so, the average customer wants some technology. And uh, so I don't, I don't blame Ford for following what most of their customers want. Yeah, I agree. We see, you see so many Mustang GTs in this town. I think they're really popular with the early 20s, like mid-20s crowd because it's a, a pretty affordable sports car, especially if you get one that's a few years old and you finance it. It's a lot of power, but it's still comfortable. It's a really good all-around car. Um, last question, I think we... Perfect timing. I think we answered it in the video, maybe not in this one, but how large is the delta in shift feel, action, quality, etc. between the Tremec in this and the uh, the MT82 Getrag you get in the regular GT? It's, in my opinion, it is smaller than it's been in the past. Like, there is a difference. This is more direct. It doesn't do that thing where it goes gunk when you put it into first. Um... It, it, it is better, but in the one PP2 car I drove with the with the MT82, that that had improved massively. Whereas this is still kind of the same as it was in the Shelby's, uh, which was great. It was great then, and it's great here. But but so it's better, but but the Delta is shrinking. I in, I think, and that. That may that take may not age well if people start blowing up the MT82s. Um, I would hope that Ford had Getrag had made some improvements. Um, it did feel all right on the launch, um, but because I uh, think we've seen there's there's two different aspects for transmissions. There's there's durability and then and there's feel. And Toyota highlighted how you can change the feel of a transmission when they with the Supra. Right. right? It's the same transmission as you get in the BMW, but they made it feel like a different transmission. Yeah. Shift action was crisper and, and easier to use, um, and just, it felt like a higher quality piece of, of machinery. And so this sounds like they've done the same thing. The question with the MT82 is it not only felt weird, but in the past they were having problems with durability issues, um, like redline lockout stuff. Yeah. So if they've gotten rid of that, and then they've done a pretty good job of upgrading the existing system, so it feels pretty good. That's that's good. That's what we can ask for. Yeah. But I, I think that the improvements in that make it seem diff, uh, seem a little bit closer together. Um, but the the Tremec is it's it's proven. It's it's great. Uh, it is an upgrade for sure. It's nice to have. Nice. Well, that, um, that was the end of our Patreon questions. Thank you, Patreon members. Thank that's you very our show. much. Thank you for uh, coming on this commute with us in the, in the Dark Horse. Uh, please go watch our action-packed video uh, over on the YouTube channel. And uh, we'll see you uh, back in the studio for the next one. Bye.